What's up, guys? Yo, yo. We are back. Yes, sir. Another episode here. Um, we're going personal this week. And this is a question I get a lot. Um, we're talking about like our story, our family, a blended family, post-divorce, second marriages. Yikes. Because a lot of people don't know that this is our second marriage. Right. Some do. And then some, like, I'll be talking on my Instagram stories and I'll say, like, the boys are with the other parents this weekend. And I always get a message like, wait, what are you talking about? Like, right. what do you mean they're other parents? And it's like, oh, this is our second marriage. You get that in the church as a pastor. Yeah. I love telling people that. <laughs> it's <laughs> well, a fun game. It is a fun actually. game. Because when they, this is how it goes. They go, they automatically assume that our family's been together forever. Mm-hmm. And we give that vibe. Yeah. But then they go, how long have you been married? And then we say seven years. After they know that our boys are teenagers. Right. And then they go, they start calculating. You see the wheels Wait, start turning. your boys are 17 and 15. <laughs> but you've been married for seven years. Right, right. How does that work? Yeah. And it was even more confusing when, when we first got married, our boys are, and their names are Chase and Hunter. Chase and Hunter looked like. They, they were look, biological brothers. Yeah, they were the same size, the similar vibe. Like people thought they were like biological brothers. Yeah. Um, and now, as as they've gotten older, it's funny because Hunter towers over all of us. <laughs> yes, he does. Mike is five. And he's six. the youngest. And he's the youngest. Yes, yeah. Mike is five six. He'll say he's five seven. My license says five seven. Thank <laughs> you. Everyone lies on their license. No, I'm telling the truth. Chase is 5'7". I'm 5'3". I just always wear heels so people think I'm not that short. Hunter's almost at six foot. Yeah, he's pretty much six foot. So like when we take family pictures, he stands out. Yeah, it looks ridiculous. Um, Which Hunter's father is, I think he's maybe 5'9", 5'10". Is it from your dad? Yeah, Hunter gets his height from my dad. So even if we were still together, like Hunter would still tower over both of us anyway. Um, But yeah, so it's been funny to hear people like I, I love that that they think that we are the original nuclear family um because it shows how much we love each other and how well we've been able to blend our families mm-hmm. um but can you share a little bit about that because a lot of people don't know our story and they're yeah. like i want to know how you guys got together yeah so well i got you know i did the the typical pastor christian thing where you get married really young um and i just just me. I'm not putting anybody else on blast. But for me personally, this is my experience. Don't at me. It's my experience. I felt the pressure. I was hired right out of college mm-hmm. to be a pastor. And I just felt this pressure of like people were like, yo, you know, can't be the single pastor, you know, traveling and doing this and doing that. Like, got to get married, you know. And so um, I was dating this girl and she was this is like I cringe hearing this, but she was 19 and I was 21 and we got married because I was hired right out of college and and which uh, is like like stop for a second like that's crazy that would mean Chase would be getting married nah essentially in a year nah because he's gonna be 18 no in February no thanks I'd punch him in his teeth but like isn't that wild yeah, and like for wild. me thinking back thinking back of myself at 19 and 21 no I know biz- I got married we'll get to mine but yeah. like I was a little bit older but still like that's crazy right. to me so I got married um, and then you know a year later, a year or two later, we had Chase. Um, and then ever since then, it's just been a, a turbulent marriage. I think because we were still young, um, I fought for the marriage for about 11 years. And um, she decided to leave. 
um and then she came out of, after she left she came out of the closet so it's a wrap i couldn't <laughs> couldn't salvage that um at all and so in that moment i thought you know this is this is also sad to say but i thought my career was over mm-hmm. because you know people don't want to follow a divorced pastor i'm over here like giving pastoral counseling pre premarital counseling mm-hmm. all this other stuff um so i thought everything was over but luckily people um surrounded me and they were supported me and this and now this had nothing to do with you it was beyond your control you're still healthy and so anyway i did due diligence and made sure that i walked the path of healing you know from that um and then stayed single for a couple years uh, a few years doing the pastor thing and everything like that and i vowed to myself yo i'm never gonna date anybody in church because like that's just a recipe for disaster mm-hmm yeah. And then that's when you come in. Yeah. And then I walked in. But for me personally, um, I got married when I was 25 um, and had Hunter at 26. So very quickly, like two weeks shy of my first wedding anniversary, Hunter was born. Um, and mine was, you know, I was dating his father and then like things were like going along and he was buying a house and he was like, well, do you want to move in with me? And I'm like, Sure, like mm-hmm. I, I guess, like we're we're spending time at each other place, others places anyway, um, and then it was like, okay, well, I guess we're getting engaged now, and then I guess we're getting married now, and then whoops, <laughs> we have a kid now, mm-hmm. um, and I didn't really understand what marriage was going into it, mm-hmm. and I again, like we weren't as young as you were, but I don't think either one. How of young us, were you? I was twenty five, and right. he was two years older than me. Okay. But I don't think either one of us really knew what marriage was. I don't think we were prepared for it. And I think we just followed the timeline of what we thought we were supposed to do. Yes. Rather than what like really should have been happening. Mm-hmm. Right. And And that's a parallel in our stories. We yeah. just felt like that's what you were supposed to do. Yeah. Not that we were found the one. Yeah. yeah. And honestly, like I, I hate saying this, but if I hadn't had Hunter as quickly as I did, I don't think our marriage would have lasted. We we were only married for two years, but I don't even think it would have lasted that long if I hadn't had Hunter because mm. we were just so ill-equipped. We didn't communicate. We just weren't, we weren't right for each other. Mm. We weren't. Um, so we got divorced and before meeting you, I was single. We met in 2015 and I, got divorced in 2009 so i was single for like six years yeah um from the time we split because obviously there's a little time between a split and and finalized divorce divorce, right um but yeah i was single for like six years before we met um and i was very choosy about who i dated you were actually the only guy that i ever introduced to hunter Wow. And I dated people. I think that's wise. Yeah, nothing serious. I dated people. I went on here and there, casual things. But like, I never introduced Hunter at anyone but you because my thing always was, I don't want to run guys in and out of Hunter's life. Like, I want if I introduce him to someone, it's serious. Mm. And I also said to his dad at the time, "Hey, I'm giving you the heads up because it was something we already all, had always talked about. Like, if I'm introducing Hunter to someone, I'm gonna let you know first. And it's only going to be if it's something serious. So, and it, but it was funny because it was to the point that my family had always all decided themselves, Jill's never going to get married again. Jill's very independent. She does her thing. Like, it's going to take a strong guy to come into the situation to make her like settle down again. And then Mike walked (laughs) into the building. And that was the funny part because I grew up 
Italian, Roman Catholic. I went to Catholic school and grade school. Um, we're like funeral holiday Catholics. Like we weren't your typical Priesters. every Sunday yeah, yeah. Catholics. Um, but when I told my dad that I was dating a pastor, <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure he laughed. Yeah, I'm <laughs> like, laughing now still. <laughs> yeah, like, like, and my friends, they're like, what do you mean you're dating a pastor? I'm like, but it's like different because they're all thinking the priest, priest. in the robe yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and then you walk in and you're this like tattooed earrings, like Puerto Rican, like normal guy. And I don't know if people would say normal, but guy. Yeah, my sister and her husband were like, "Who is this guy?" They were guy? very suspicious. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like people had a really hard time wrapping their head around it. And for me, like, yes, you, I was attending fervent mm -hmm. um, for a short while before you and I ever talked one on one. Yeah. Not one on one. We talked in an event. Yeah. Um, but I was attending for maybe a couple of months prior to that. And it never like occurred to me that like that would even be a possibility because mm -hmm. um, I just saw you as this guy's a pastor, but, but he's like a normal everyday guy at the same time. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So that was growing up Catholic. That was hard for me to wrap my head around as well, right. you know, so. And then our my, my mom and your friend Kate kind of conspired behind we the scenes. We think that, that they were secretly conspiring. Yeah. And they, they kept us together. So we started texting. Dated. Well, do you want to share how we started texting? Sure. You, you go ahead and tell us. <laughs> so we were in church service one Sunday and Hunter was in the kids room. And if you know me and know Hunter, Hunter, until he was like eight, would randomly throw up all the time. <laughs> like we would be out to dinner with my family and like everyone's just waiting for Hunter to throw up because it's coming at some point. Yeah. Um, so Hunter did what Hunter does and he threw up in the kids room and they had to clear the whole kids room out um, because there was puke everywhere yeah. and they had to pull me out of service. And at, time, at the time, Fervent was meeting in a movie theater. Mm -hmm. So I got up from my seat, had to walk all the way around front below the screen in front of everyone. Then I forgot my purse. So I had to run back in. Interrupted purse, the service twice. <laughs> I made quite the impression. Um, and then you can go from here. Yeah. And so then I knew that you were new to the church. And so I contacted Kate, your friend, and I said, Hey, let me text her and just let her know, Hey, it happens to the best of us, you know, try to just diffuse any anxiety you had about leaving or whatever. I was like, so embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> and we started texting and talking and processing and you, you started getting impatient because you were just like, when is this dude? Is this dude, does this dude like me? I, is wasn't, he just getting being... in, I wasn't getting impatient. Uh-huh. I was just, I was confused because I'm like, I said to Kate, I was like, do you think he likes me? Because like, we're talking all the time. Like, I don't talk to just anyone this much, but like, he's a pastor and everything was very platonic yeah, in our it conversations. Wasn't it wasn't flirty. It wasn't mm. inappropriate or mm. anything like that. So I'm like, maybe he just wants to be friends. Like, I don't know. Yeah. And then you finally did ask me out one night and I was like, oh crap, he like, he does like me. <laughs> yep. So then we went on a date and then started dating. I interrogated the crap out of you. We were interrogating the crap out of each other even during those platonic conversations. Right. We were sharing a lot about ourselves and our lives and mm -hmm. stuff like that. Here's the part Mike's not going to tell you. <laughs> what do you mean I'm not going to tell you? <laughs> Our first date was on a Friday, uh -huh. Friday, May 22nd, which is actually my mom's birthday. Yeah. We went out 
three times that weekend. We you, went out. Hold on, back to truck up. No, no, no. Was no. that Memorial Day weekend? Or yeah, was it was, it was the, Memorial Day weekend. Yeah, yeah. But like those, no, I wouldn't that's say early go, for Memorial Day weekend. No? I wouldn't say going out. We just had we did things the whole weekend together. We went out Friday night. We went out Friday night to dinner, a nice dinner in yes. Philly. Yes. Then. Then that Sunday we did something. We went somewhere. Yeah. I forget where. And then that Monday you brought me over your parents' house for a Memorial Day picnic. Yeah, it's a wrap. Um, and I was like, I was like, so like, it was weird because I'm like, does everybody know? Like, we're like dating. A, a thing. Like, yeah. I, I don't, I didn't know how to act. But Mike's family's like super chill, like make you really comfortable to be around them. And I had known his mom from church already. Right. Um, so I like kind of knew who was who in the zoo, but the night of our first date, you texted me afterwards and you were like, we're a fit. Like, is this officially a thing? Like I'm not, he locked it down the first (laughs) night. And I was like, I remember texting. I think I was texting Kate. We were talking intensely before that. So yeah, what else it felt was the like next we level? were dating even before we went out on a date. Yeah, yeah. Once you asked me out, because here's the, there was three weeks between when you asked me out mm-hmm. and we actually went out because uh, yeah, right, of kids right. back and forth and stuff like right. that. There was there was a lot going. Oh, my sister was getting married at that time too. That's I had my sister's wedding. Like. It, so it took three weeks for us to go out. So it was almost like in that three week period, we were already dating. Yeah. And that's when the conversation changed a little bit. For um, those of you watching on YouTube, I have the worst memory ever. So I'm literally <laughs> reliving my life as she's he's talking. Like, that's like, why oh, when yeah, I'm like, do right. you want to comment on that? And <laughs> he's like, like no, no, because I don't remember. He's the worst with dates. I like, he'll be like, when did we start this? And he's like three years off. Right. I'm like, bro, stop. <laughs> um, so yeah, he locked it down the first night. And... Something that many people don't know. So that happened in May. We got married August 1st. Yes. So I think not long after, I think it was in June that uh-huh. you were like, I want to marry you. Right. And it was, everyone thought we were crazy. Uh-huh. You asked my dad for his yeah. permission and his only thing was. He just asked, are you a Cowboys fan? <laughs> He wouldn't have given me your hand. We actually have to have my dad on the podcast because <laughs> we be talk about him yeah. and his trolling so yeah, much. We asked, should give him a chance. Are you a Cowboys fan? <laughs> and he, and I said, no, I'm a Jets fan. He goes, nobody cares about the Jets. Yeah, you could marry my daughter. <laughs> <laughs> I think he was just trying to like get me like <laughs> married off at that point. Um, but yeah, everyone thought we were crazy. Um, a lot of people were not supportive at first. Yeah. They uh, were very, they, not that they weren't supportive. They were very skeptical. Yes. Skeptical. And looking back, I totally get it. For sure. We met like we went on our first date, May 22nd and we mm-hmm. got married August 1st. Like that's a that's little crazy. crazy. Yeah. I would it's not recommend crazy. that. But we knew. Yeah. And we're going to talk through that because like w- going into your second marriage, you have like a little bit, you have a different outlook on things. Uh You know, it's not this, you're not playing games like at all. You're like, this is who I am. You shouldn't be most. Yeah. Most people, obviously there's exceptions. Let's be honest. Like, you know, in my head, I'm wondering like how many people are going to relate to this? 50% of people get divorced. Yeah. Call it what it is. Right. Yeah. So half of y'all listening right now, like you're, you're going to relate, but I think the other half can still learn. So yeah, absolutely. So we, we didn't play games. Um, It wasn't like, I I can't imagine being on all the dating apps and stuff right now. I can't. And we like, that was just starting. Mm -hmm. I was on, what was it? It's not Twitter. It's 
Tinder. Tinder. I was on Tinder for like a minute. The worst. I went out with one guy and then he like blocked me after a first date. And I'm like, we were talking after the first date. Like we were planning another date and then he blocked me all of a sudden. And then I found out that he like got back with his ex-wife. Uh, and instead of like saying something to me, he just blocked me. And I was like, I can't deal with stuff. Like this is so ridiculous. Yeah. But so we missed that boat. No thankfully. shade on anybody who's on dating apps. No, no. I, we just personally I just, couldn't do it. I, I, I couldn't do yeah, it. Yeah, it, it's it's a lot. I yeah. know people that are on currently on dating apps and keeping up with the messaging and the this and the that. Like it's a lot. Mm-hmm. And I I just don't have the patience for that. Yeah. Um but yeah, we didn't again, we weren't playing games. We were just like, This is who I am. And I think as you come into your thirties, you're more aware of who you are and you're more willing to talk about that the 20 your 20s like you're finding yourself like jill in her 20s (laughs) (laughs) even jill in her 30s i've changed a lot since then yeah but we were really vocal about who we are what we believed like what we wanted what we didn't want like things that are non-negotiables for us and I think that that was really helpful because then we were able to decide like, yeah, this is someone I actually want to spend my life with. Mm. And we were both, we were almost 35 at the time. Yeah. We were like a couple months away from 35. And I think that's what made us get married quicker as well. Cause we were like, we want to be together mm-hmm. and we don't want to like waste any time. So like, let's yeah. do this. Yeah. Um, the scary side effect too is that there were kids involved and um, other parents that didn't know us, yeah. you know, and brutal honesty, there was a lot of friction there at times. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've worked through it. <laughs> it's taken some time, but I think um, we're on a good level right now yeah. um, with everyone involved yep. because I think, and even the people that were skeptical in the beginning, they've seen us throughout the years of our marriage and they're like, okay, they're a solid couple. Like they, they did know what they were talking about mm-hmm. because like, I know my sister grilled you and was like, my sister can be impulsive sometimes. And like, (laughs) was it impulsive? It may have been, Mm -hmm. um, but I was certain. And for me, that was something so serious, especially bringing my child into the equation. Um, So I think not playing games, being straight about who you are and Mm -hmm. trusting your gut. You know, like for me, that's something I'm really big on. My gut tells me a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, I told you like, I tried to scare you away from being a pastor's wife. Yeah. Because even that, you know, I just wish it was, it would have been a regular marriage, you know, regular marriage, you know, the wife goes to her job, the husband goes to his job. And those two things are kind of separated. Yeah. Because a pastor's wife, because of pre-existing culture, I don't think it's fair to pastor's wives, Mm -hmm. but they just feel this pressure to be something. Yeah. um, And everyone has a specific list of expectations on you. Mm -hmm. Um, So I try to my best to be like, yo, if you ain't about that life, you could leave right now. Yeah. So I tried to scare you away. Yeah. Um, And in the beginning, though, I did have I I worked in the mortgage industry. I had a full time job in the mortgage industry and I left. But even with that job, people, unfortunately, in the church still have that expectation. Yes. I would mean you don't play keyboard. Yeah. Why are you not leading the kids ministry? I'm like, I got my own kids. (laughs) Not interested. Um, So at first it was I did. We did live more separate lives because I worked full time. I woke up and went to work every day and you would be home. You would handle the kids because you had more flexibility with where you had to be. But yeah, it did start. It was about a year after we got married Mm -hmm. that I really felt like I'm like, I'm done with what I'm doing right now. And I really feel 
called to come work alongside of you, Mm -hmm. um, which I think we should save working together as a married couple for another episode. That'd be spicy. Yes. We learned a lot. (laughs) But yeah, so that was an interesting take on it as well. Mm -hmm. Um, From your point of view, like what were some... Um, what were the easy parts and what were like the harder parts about like stepping into a second marriage with a blended family? Like how, what your take on that? Cause I feel like I'm talking a lot because <laughs> <laughs> no. you don't remember the timeline. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm trusting you being the biographer here. I think, um, I think what I've learned is, especially with the mixed family dynamic. And I think this is a good rule in general mm-hmm. in any relationship to, um, to, to understand differentiation without disconnection. And what I mean by that is that um, I, I, I should never disconnect from the family, but to differentiate the fact that like, okay, I need to be responsible. Um, let's say for Hunter, for Hunter, um, I need to be highly connected, but differentiate. There's certain things that like, hey, I got to wait to see what your father says about that. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And not take that personal not feel like, oh, why am I not enough? And that's and, hard. And it's very hard. But that that's what I'm talking about. Differentiation without the disconnection. Because some of you, um, when you hear differentiation, you're like, well, I got to just distance myself mm-hmm. to protect my heart. Mm-hmm. And you just can't go in. You can't go into a, any family. I was going to say mixed family. You can't go into any family protecting your heart. Yeah. Because once you do that, then you're always on defense mode. And mm-hmm. you're not able to love people unconditionally. And so... I need to learn differentiation. Okay, there are moments where I need to be a father figure, mm-hmm. but I'm not going, to, I can't be his biological dad. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, and so I had to learn that differentiation. And I even think even between us growing and learning different, there's some issues that you that are just your issues. Mm-hmm. There's some issues that are just my issues. Mm-hmm. I need to care for you, support you, be connected to you. But I need, there needs to be differentiation because if not, you take everything so darn personal mm-hmm. and you can't help that other person. Yeah. Right. So, but you don't swing the pendulum to the opposite extreme and just completely disconnect. Do you. I'll be over here <laughs> when you're happy. Yeah. You get your crap together. Yeah. And uh, you know what I mean? So I think differentiation without disconnection is, was a hard lesson to learn. Mm-hmm. But if you could figure that out, if you could learn that in any relationship, but especially in the paradigm of a mixed family. I think that's really, really important. Yeah. Um, the other lesson I think I learned is that, um, and sorry, I speak this way. I'm, I'm a preacher. so <laughs> Everything's an alliteration. I'm like sitting here thinking, I'm like, of course his answers are an alliteration. <laughs> no, but I, think, I stumble and you're like perfectly but prepared. Because of my bad memory, <laughs> I need alliteration to remember this stuff. But I think um, co- correction without connection just brings condemnation. Right? <laughs> can you can you hear the eye roll? <laughs> you can, you, you can, can see it, it on YouTube. Yeah. But. but for real, correction without connection just brings condemnation. What I mean by that, when it comes to Hunter, all because I'm the authority in the house doesn't necessarily mean I could come in and slam him and correct him mm-hmm. like automatically. Some people are like, yeah, you do have that power. You're right, I do structurally. However, if I'm just correcting him without having a connection with him, he's just going to walk around shame, full of shame and guilt. And that's not healthy for anybody's development, right? Mm-hmm. So I need to make sure that there's connect. If I'm going to make a withdrawal out of our relationship, I need to make sure that there are deposits. Mm-hmm. And everyone's heard this statement, but I think it's so true. Kids spell love, T-I-M-E. 
Yes. And so you, I had to learn to like we we in the beginning we did this pretty well where we like you dated Chase mm-hmm. and you know so we said the, the last po- few podcasts we talked about dating each other, but not on top of dating each other sometimes you you take Chase one on one I'll take Hunter one on one we'll do something fun. Mm-hmm. And we'll connect. And mm-hmm. I think that connection was important because at times I do need to bring the correction. Mm-hmm. So I've, I've helped and counseled other mixed families where um, the person's like completely withdrew from all areas of discipline. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's healthy either. Yeah. Right. When the step parent doesn't, not, I'm not going to say anything to you. I you think know, I'm your stepdad, not your friend. I or mean, when a step parent says, that's not my kid. Yes. I feel like that's the quickest way to ruin that connection right. because yes, they understand you're not their biological parent, but there's still a tethering right. there. So right. when you say that's not my kid, it's almost shaming them in a way, yep. you know, yep. it's like they're not worthy of, yeah. you know. Right. And that's what that goes back to that whole differentiation without disconnection. Right. Like we always say that they're our boys. Yes. Anytime we talk about them, yeah. our boys, our boys, our boys, because there is essential ownership, but there's a. There's an element that's not there. And that's just the biological side of it. Mm -hmm. But everything else, there's still your responsibility. Yeah. Like, I'm not just committed to you. I'm committed to our family. Yeah. And so um, until that assignment is over, and then it's just you and I, which Mm -hmm. is coming soon. Sorry, boo. Um, Until that commitment's over, I have to to invest it in that kind of way. But I, I also have to know that, like, with Chase, like, I could sit there and say, well, I'm your dad. I get to just tell you whenever, however I want to. But I even challenge myself in that. All because there's a biological authority there, mm-hmm. that still that principle still applies. Con- correction without connection just brings condemnation. I don't want him to feel like crap. I want him to get better. Mm. Right? Yeah. And so I had to learn that the hard way mm-hmm. and feel like I'm, I'm in a good stride in that area. Yeah. I think the, the last thing I learned is proximity doesn't equal intimacy. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that, and I especially learned that from us working together or us living together. We could be three feet away from each other all day. Mm-hmm. And I've had to learn that that doesn't mean that we're connected emotionally. Yeah. Right? So, especially as your kids get older, they're in the same house. They're sleeping, you know, 10, 15 feet away from your door, right? Their proximity does not mean intimacy. Mm-hmm. And so, we work together. And there'll be days where we're, Again, feet inches apart sometimes, <laughs> but still feel miles apart mm-hmm. emotionally because we're working on different things. We're not emotionally connected, that kind of stuff. And in my head, like there'd be times like you would come to me and you would go, you know, I just feel like distant from you. In the back of my head, I'm like, Heffa, we've been together all day. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, but I get, I, I finally hit that realization. Oh, proximity does not mean intimacy. Mm-hmm. You could live under the same earth be inches away and still feel a mile apart emotionally. Um, so still make time to emotionally invest into all the relationships within a mixed mix family, a regular family, any relationship, I think it's important. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Just some things I wanted to add um, personally is you commented on me calling the, them our boys mm-hmm. and I will treat Chase the exact same way I treat Hunter. Obviously, they're different kids. They need different approaches. And that was something in the beginning because Hunter's Hunter's very literal. He needs a very direct like approach. Chase took that as like, oh my God, she hates me. Uh So I had to be softer with him in the beginning because we didn't know each other like that. 
Hunter was eight years old. Like we had had eight years together. Chase and I didn't have that. So that was like a learning curve for me. And something um, my approach was, because I know it may be tempting to come in and like you said, try to be that biological parent. And for me, I was very aware of the fact like Chase has a mom Uh and I don't want to disrespect her at all. Like I, that's his mother. She gave birth to him. Um, I just want to be a positive female role model in his life. So that was my approach with him at all times. How can I be a positive female role model in his life? How can I be there for him? And through the years, like it's been really cool. Like sometimes you'll get jealous because Chase will come to me about things that he doesn't come to you about. And you're like, well, he doesn't text me about that. And I'm like, because he and I have a bond now. We have a relationship. He knows what he can come to me for. Uh And he knows what I'm like, where I'm the go-to, you know what I mean? And I think that's been a really beautiful thing. Um, And as they've gotten older, like those little one-on-one experiences, like, it doesn't have to be a big thing. Hey, I'm running to the store. Do you want to come with me? Yeah, absolutely. That's huge. Right. And a lot of times in the beginning, I would put a lot of pressure on myself to be like, oh, so how's your life? Like trying to like have all these questions to like badger them. Mm-hmm. But if you just drive in the car with them and sit, 100%. they just start talking. Yeah. And they start talking about things that you're like, I didn't even know this was going on. Mm-hmm. And the hard thing is with that, and we're still figuring this out, is when we get home and I'm like, hey, so... This one said, bah, 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 bah. <laughs> because the hard thing with that is in those moments, they're looking at you like this is like a private, like safe moment, yeah, safe they're environment. They're con- yeah, they're confiding. And even though you're my husband and if it was Chase, like you're his biological father, like I don't want you at a later time to like s- mention something about that to him because then he feels like I've broken his you trust. Violated, yeah. You know what I mean? So that that's like another side of it as well. Um the hardest thing about a blended family, I would say, um, and I'm not perfect in this, but you can't talk badly about the other parents. No. It really, like it's, believe, if you're coming out of a rough relationship too, it's really hard. But like at the end of the day, that's their parent. Mm-hmm. That person also gave life to them. Right. And no matter how you feel about them, it's gonna put the child in the middle. Yeah. And so you can't, you can, and I've had times where I've slipped because I was upset or I was short on patience. That's good. And like, even in those moments where if you do slip up, go back and apologize to them yeah. and just say, hey, you know, we all have hard moments and like, I shouldn't have said that because you know, that's your dad or that's your mom and you know, they deserve just as much respect as I do. Yeah. Um, that is a really hard thing when mm-hmm. it comes to blended families, yeah. but it's so crucial. Right. It's so crucial. I would add like trust the truth. And what I mean by that is like, your kids might be silly, but they're not stupid. Mm-hmm. And I feel like sometimes you feel as though you have to say something about the other parent because you don't want them to know that that's acceptable mm-hmm. or to believe that that's acceptable. Mm-hmm. So I have to say something. But I, I've learned that, like, again, they're silly, but they're not stupid. Mm-hmm. Like, they'll, trust me, they've come to certain realizations that, oh, that's not right. This is right. You know, yeah. if you focus more on instilling values yes. rather than bashing yes. individuals, they'll get it. They see the Trust difference. the truth. Yep. Trust the truth. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And just regardless of what's going on with you and your ex, always be civil in front of your children. Always. Always. It's not, you. they don't need to know what's going on. They don't need to know if that person did something wrong. Again, that is their parent. Mm-hmm. Keep it civil. Right. And 
we haven't always been great at that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But like, if there's anything, we're not trying to sit here in this episode and tell you that we're perfect and you need to kn- do what we're doing. We're telling you the things that we're not perfect at in hopes that you can take that and do better than we did. Yeah. You know, because we are, they're older mm-hmm. and it's coming to that point where they're, they're, they're going to be gone. Mm-hmm. Um, and you want them to have a good relationship with their other parent and you want them to have a good relationship with you and you want them to go forward in life with the values we've instilled and the behaviors we'd modeled and be a great human. Yep. So that's something for me, um, be a positive role model, female or male for them. Don't try to replace that other parent. Mm-hmm. You know, don't bash that other parent. Keep it civil. You know, those are all things that I learned throughout the years that I always, ha- I haven't always been great at. No, but we've gotten yeah. tremendously better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So as you've taken away our credit, hindsight. I want to, I want to, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I want to yeah. give us the credit. Yeah. But I hope you guys have found this helpful today. I don't want to keep it too long because we could go on for a while. But it's funny. I I posted in my Instagram story today, you know, podcast topics. And someone specifically asked for this topic. And I was like, it's so funny. We already had that planned. Um, But when we do follow us on social because we will put those boxes sometimes and we want to hear what you guys want to hear us talk about. Right. Or even if you have questions about previous episodes or this episode. Yeah, yeah, maybe we'll do like a Q&A episode one time. Maybe, that'd be yeah. cool. We got to get a little bit deeper into it. Right, but right, right. Got to get more episodes in the pipeline. Yes, yeah. I'm eager. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, you thanks guys. Yep, there thanks guys. Make sure you like, review, share this, subscribe, subscribe, all that stuff. You're intelligent people. You've been around the block. You know what to do. Uh, And be back here, right here next week, next Wednesday on Too Real. Bye. Peace.